Luke chapter 17. This is, this is our Thanksgiving service. And uh, we will be having church Tuesday night, by the way. So we're not canceling everything this week. Um, we will have church again Tuesday night. It's going to be a special service. And um, so come expecting great things to happen on Tuesday night. And we're going to hear from some different folks, folks we have not heard from before. But, but uh, I believe God's hand is on them. And I believe we're, gonna, we're going to, uh, to have a great time Tuesday night. Luke chapter 17 and verse number 11. Luke 17, verse 11. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. <clears throat> now, let me just, I know you're standing, but let me, let me interject something that's not in my notes, and I don't want to forget to mention this for some who don't know, who don't understand when they cried out for the Lord to have mercy and Jesus said, show yourself to the priest. These were Jews and the Jewish law, there is written in the book of Leviticus certain laws that involve this dread disease called leprosy. And um, if they were declared to have leprosy, it was the priest who declared that. Uh, it was the priest who determined whether it was leprosy or not. And uh, then the Bible actually provided for if someone is cured of their leprosy, that they go back to the priest and let the priest declare them clean. Now, that's an interesting thing because uh, we all know of Naaman. We know about Naaman, but Naaman was not a Jew. So Naaman was not affected by the laws of Leviticus. And uh, the only person in the Old Testament that was ever healed of leprosy was Miriam. And um, <clears throat> other than that, you've got centuries of this law being in the scripture and never being used because there was no cure for leprosy. And so when someone had it, it was a death sentence. That was it. Uh, and yet the law was there that if you're ever cleansed of this disease, let the priest determine that you've been cleansed. And so Jesus says to these leprous men, go and show yourself unto the priest. Um, and as a, another side note, I can't imagine, Brother Nelson, what that priest thought. Because they've never had to use these scriptures. And now all of a sudden, they're having to reach into some unknown passage, unfamiliar territory, and determine what to do with this. Hallelujah. And so he said, go show yourself unto the priest. And for them to do that was an act of faith. It does not say that Jesus touched them or healed them. He just said, go and show yourself to the priest. And for them to do that was an act of faith. And so the Bible says that it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus honored their faith and cleansed them of their leprosy. Verse 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, now, 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 please pay attention if you're reading along. The end of verse 14, as they went, they were cleansed. Verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. 
and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus, now, now again, to those who don't know, I know many of you know, but to, some, but, but to those who don't, Samaritans, to the Jewish people were considered uh, worse than just Gentiles. They were the lowest of all people. They, they refused any interaction with Samaritans. And so here's a man that by all rights had no business going back to Jesus. In fact, he had no business going to him in the first place. Um, but, but he did. And now he turns around when he sees that he is healed, verse 15 said, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not 10 cleansed? There's that, that, that word again, they were cleansed. But where are the nine? There are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And so this is an interesting word now that comes into this story. And we're going to focus on these words here as I try to deliver what's on my heart today. And I want to simply ask a question uh, through my title today, Healed or Whole? Healed or Whole? Let's put our Bibles down and let's ask the Lord to help us. And saints of God, I need your help today. I need you to help me today to deliver the burden of my heart. Let's everybody talk to the Lord together. Jesus, I need you today. I've got to have your help today, God. I can't do this without your anointing, without your unction. God, I don't want to try. But Lord, if you'll help me today to deliver the burden of my heart, I know that lives can be changed. Lord, you can do a work today making people whole in this service. We thank you, O oh God, for your goodness, and we praise you now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, would you worship the Lord for just a moment before you're seated, everyone? Let's worship God together. God, praise God, praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Again, I need the good saints of God to help me this morning. Amen. I am, I am preaching with a purpose today, and I need, I need your help. In fact, every time someone preaches, they need the help of the congregation. Preaching was never intended to be a one-man show. It was never intended to be a one-man show. It's really not. You can go back again into the Old Testament and see where God expected a response from the people as the preacher preached. And he still does. He still does. Praise God. Now, <clears throat> most of us, I think, are familiar with this story of the ten lepers. And no doubt there are many places during this Thanksgiving season where preachers are preaching about these because it is a story that illustrates um, the, the purpose and the power of giving thanks. Amen. But I want to take it this morning and perhaps go a little different uh, direction than many are going to use it today. Uh, while I do intend to address his thankfulness, that's not really the whole point of my message. And so I ask you to bear with me today. Amen. Now, as I've pointed out to you, I want you to see 
that as Jesus came into this village, he finds 10 men uh, who were lepers. And because they were lepers, leper, uh, leprosy being a very dread disease and highly contagious. And furthermore, it was a disease which uh, to the Jews was considered unclean. And so if you even touched someone with leprosy, whether you contracted the disease or not, but if you came in physical contact with them, you were considered unclean under Jewish law. And so that's why these 10 men stand afar off and lift their voices to Jesus. They don't come directly to him. They recognize immediately that because of our condition, we can't get close to this man. We can't get close to anybody. Uh, we, we have to stay among our own. We can't venture out uh, to the public per se. We, we, we're not welcome anywhere else. But if somehow we can get the attention of the master, and that is what they called him, amen, they said, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. You, you do understand, I think, that during this period in time, there was no government welfare system. Uh, there, there were no uh, electronic EBT cards or whatever they're called. There, there were no food stamps. There, there, there was no assistance for people like this. Uh, uh, it was a death sentence, as I said, but it was also a sentence to poverty. Amen. They, they, they had no way of making gainful employment. They, they could not fend for themselves in this condition. Praise God. Amen. And so they went to Jesus wanting help. They knew that their only hope, not just to live, but to survive, but to be able to make a living. Some of these men no doubt had families before they contracted leprosy. They had children, maybe even grandchildren, before they were diagnosed and declared to have this disease, but they could not be around them. They could not have that simple hug that a grandpa likes to get. They, they couldn't have any of that because they had been separated due to their condition. So they stood afar off and they cried out, Master, would you have mercy on us? And when he saw them, uh, read for me, Brother Goff. This is Luke 17, verses 14 and 15. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass. It came to pass. As they went. As they went. They were cleansed. They were cleansed. Everyone say cleansed. Everyone say cleansed. All right, read on. And one of them. And one of them. When he saw, when that, he he was saw healed, that he was healed. Turned back. Everyone say healed. Healed. Amen. He was healed. Praise God. He turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Amen. So verse 14 says they were cleansed. And verse 15 says that they were healed. Amen. This means that this disease of leprosy was taken out of their body. This meant that no more would it run the course of destruction that it had taken upon them. From this moment forward, they could expect to live. From this moment forward, they had hope for tomorrow. For this moment forward, they didn't have to worry about the problems associated with this disease of leprosy. They had been cleansed. The word cleansed, amen, according to Thayer's Greek lexicon means to cleanse by curing. Amen. They had been cured of this leprosy. The word healed is a different word. Uh, the Bible says one of them, when he saw that he was healed, it's a different Greek word. But it also means in this place, it's used in many ways, uh, many different uh, uh, meanings behind the word. But in this verse, it also means to cure. And so what we see is that all 10 of them 
them when they asked for help Jesus cured them of leprosy they were no longer lepers hallelujah but something happened to this man that is introduced to us in verse 15 something took place in his life that did not happen to the others amen something began to change in his life that the others did not experience praise God hallelujah let's read verse number 19 and he said unto him Jesus said to that man arise, arise go thy way go thy way thy faith, thy faith hath, made, hath thee made thee whole now they'd already been cleansed they'd already been healed but Jesus said to this man I'm going to give you something more I appreciate your gratefulness I appreciate the words of thanks that you've offered and I'm going to do something more for you than what I did for the other nine there were ten of you that received my touch there were ten of you that were cured of leprosy but you're going to get more than just being cured I'm going to do more for you than what I did for everybody else this one man out of the ten was made whole amen now what's the difference between the first nine what they received and what this last one received they were all healed they were all cured the leprosy was stopped so it could do no further damage. But for this man, he wasn't just healed. He wasn't just cleansed, but he was made whole. This word gives an implication as it is used in this passage of having all the necessary elements restored. You see, leprosy is a disease that causes a number of problems. Leprosy destroys the immune system. It also destroys the nervous system. Most of the time when lepers, uh, you see a leper, uh, there's, there's fingers that are gone. There, there, there are open sores. They, they might have lost a foot or even a leg. It's not because leprosy ate it, but it's because uh, their immunity is gone. And, and they, they cannot feel anything and many times in leper colonies and I don't mean to, to disgust anyone or, or gross anybody out but many times the leper colonies were rat infested and the rats would go in and eat away the flesh and even eat the body parts of these lepers and it would not wake them they couldn't feel anything their feeling was gone completely and so it was not uncommon for lepers to be missing digits or missing limbs it was not uncommon for parts of their body to be completely gone amen that's what leprosy does and for nine of them they were healed of the leprosy hear what I'm telling you right now the leprosy they got their feeling back amen they, they, they got uh, they got everything back as far as there was no more leprosy to do the kind of damage it had done before their immunity was restored their nervous system was restored amen there was a lot that took place but I'm here to tell you that just because they were cured doesn't mean everything was fixed you see if one of them came there without a hand he was cured of leprosy he wouldn't lose the other hand but he still was missing a hand if one of them came on crutches and had his leg gone he was cured of his leprosy amen he wouldn't lose the other leg the golfer but he still was on crutches amen and still that's a better life amen than to be uh, to, than to have active leprosy and Jesus healed all ten of them Jesus cured all ten of them but one man came back and said I want to give you thanks I appreciate what you've done I'm not satisfied amen with just getting this one touch I want something more and Jesus Jesus said, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Hallelujah. Amen. He returned to Jesus 
because he was thankful for what he had received. And I contend that true thankfulness to the master will cause you to go back to him. You're not gonna be satisfied with a one and done experience. Oh, I went to an altar many years ago. Oh, I made my profession of faith. I believed in the Lord and that's all I gotta worry about. No, no, if you're truly grateful, you're gonna keep going back to the master. If you're truly thankful, you're gonna keep going back to him. You're gonna keep kneeling at his feet. You're gonna keep giving him thanks. You're gonna keep giving him praise. And for this one man, Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. I don't know, Brother Larson, what this man was missing. But if he was missing a hand, I'm telling you that all of a sudden, his hand came back. If he was missing a leg, all of a sudden, he had both legs there. He wasn't just cured. He was made whole. He was fully restored. Every necessary element was put back in place the way that it needed to be. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you this Greek word that is used to Amen. That is used here as whole. It is the same Greek word that can also be used as to save. Amen. In fact, Thayer says that many times when you read the scripture and this word whole is used, that it implies a spiritual healing and not just a physical healing. This man wasn't just cured of a leprosy, but the Lord went deeper. The Lord did something more he did something greater this man because of his gratefulness received more than the other nine and I'm here today to preach to some folks I want to ask you what is your condition with God today have you only been healed have you only been cleansed have you only had a touch I want to tell you there's more for you you can press back in and get more than what you've got right now Are you healed or are you whole? I want to be made whole. I want to be made whole. Have you only received a touch from God or have you received everything God wants you to have? There are those under the sound of my voice today, whether here physically or listening online, who have had a spiritual healing. They've had an experience with God. Maybe they've accepted Christ as their personal savior. Maybe they've made a profession of faith. Maybe they've believed on the Lord and I'm in no way trying to take away from that experience. But I want to tell you, amen, like the lepers, if that's all you've got, that's only the first touch. Don't stop with being healed. Keep seeking God until you're made whole. Be thankful for what you have, but run back to the master today and let him give you everything you need. Let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand me today. I'm not saying that belief is unnecessary or that faith is not essential. You must believe. You must believe. You know, there are very few things that the Bible classifies as impossible. Very few things. You can look it up. Very few things. The Bible says would be impossible. But there is one that I want to call to your attention today. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. But without faith. Without faith. It is impossible. It is what? Impossible. It is what? Impossible. It's impossible to please to him. Please him. For he, he that, cometh, that to cometh to God must believe. Wait a believe. minute. He that cometh to God 
must must he that cometh to God must believe, believe that, he, that is, he is and that, and that he, he is, is a rewarder of them that, that diligently seek him. him I'm going to tell you one of the few things the Bible says is impossible it's impossible to make God happy if you don't believe it is therefore impossible to be saved if you don't believe I just want to get this out of the way because I don't want to be accused by the time this message is over of saying that I don't think believing is important. It is important. In fact, let me show you. Amen. Let me show you something. Read for me Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. And he spake a parable unto them to this end. Jesus spake a parable to them to this end. That men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying. Don't grow weary in your praying, saying. There was in a city a judge. That feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me me of mine adversary. Yes. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her. Right. Lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God and avenge shall his own not elect? God avenge his own elect, which cry day which cry and, night, day unto and him. night unto him. Though he bear though them, he bear long with them. With them, I tell you, I tell you that he will avenge he them speedily. Avenge them speedily. Now, now, hang on just a moment before you read the rest of that verse. This entire parable was given to inspire faith, to motivate men to always pray and not faint. Amen. And verse eight begins. With with a very positive statement, I tell you, God will avenge them speedily. Another translation says, I can guarantee that he will give them justice quickly. And yet in spite of this positive assurance and guarantee, Jesus still conceded. Read the rest of that verse. Nevertheless, Nevertheless when the Son, when of, the man son cometh, of Man cometh, shall he find, shall faith, he find faith on the earth. On the earth. Hey Amen. I'm telling you, it sounds like to me Jesus was concerned about how many people in the last days would really believe him. I'm not here to condemn believing today. I'm not here to try to tell you that believing has no place in your relationship with God. I'm telling you, Jesus was worried whether people would believe in the last days. Believing is important. Believing is necessary, but believing should not be the end of your spiritual journey. Too many people, that's all the farther they ever get, Brother Hilton. They start out by believing. They start out with faith, but that's it. They stop right there and never go any farther. I'm here to preach to you today. You got to go beyond believing. You got to go beyond just having faith. That's great. That's wonderful, but that's not enough. I'm giving you Bible for everything I'm going to say today. I'm giving you Bible for everything I'm going to tell you today. Amen. James chapter 2 and verse 14. What doth it profit, my brethren? What does it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he has faith. a man says he has faith. And have not works. But he doesn't do anything about that faith. Can faith save him? Can faith save him? Now, verses 17 and 18. Even so faith, faith, if it hath not not works, is dead. Is dead. Being alone. Being alone. Now, Now look, I'm not preaching salvation by works. What I am preaching is that just believing is not enough. If you really believe, if you really truly have faith, you're gonna do something about what you believe. You're not just going to say, I believe Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, and therefore I am forever saved. No, 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 my friend. You're going to have to do something about uh, the fact that you really believe that he died for you. The fact that you really believe he was buried for you and that he rose again for you. You're going to have to do something about that. In fact, here's something to consider. If faith alone saves us, then the devil is saved. 
Well, that's a wild statement. Let me give you scripture. James 2, verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God, and thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. The devils believe. In fact, I'm going to tell you, no matter what the devil tells you, no matter what he whispers in your ear, I'm here to tell you he believes the Bible more than most of us. He never doubts the scripture. He tries to get you to doubt it, but he never doubts the scripture. He knows that whatever God says is going to come to pass. The devils believe. Now, if believing is all it takes to save us, then the devils are saved. But the devils are not saved. And the reason they're not saved, they do believe, but in spite of their faith, they don't have the works to back up that faith. The devil never goes beyond believing. Did you get that? He never does anything that God says to do. Oh, he believes it, but he won't obey it. Well, praise God. Amen. And that's what he's trying to get a whole lot of Christians to do. Amen. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. But what about obeying it? James 2 verse 20. But thou wilt, but wilt thou know, wilt thou know o, vain o vain man, that faith, that without, faith works without works is dead. is dead. James 2 verse 26. For as the body, as without, the body the spirit without, is without the spirit is dead, so faith, so without, faith works without works is, dead, is also. dead also. I ask you today, what good is a dead faith? And if you don't have some works to prove your faith, then your faith is dead. I'm here today to try to get somebody to resurrect that faith. I know you believe in Jesus. I know you believe his word. But I'm trying to get you to put some action behind what you say you believe. Now Jesus gave some qualifications about our belief. Jesus put some parameters on our faith. People say, well, all you gotta do is believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. That's all you gotta do. Well, I, I wanna see that in the scripture because I haven't found a verse that says, if you do that, you're forever saved. I can't find that. But I can find where Jesus put some parameters on what our faith should involve. John 17, verse 20, listen, he's praying now for his disciples, the apostles that he chose that are gonna carry on his work after his resurrection. And here's what he prays in John 17, verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone. Neither pray I just for the apostles. But for them but also. But I am praying also for them which shall, which believe, shall believe on me, believe on through, me their through their Word, Hallelujah. That's John 17, verse 20. Amen. They will believe on me through their word. I'm here to tell you, if you've got real faith, that faith is going to be based on what the apostles preached. Not what some televangelist preached or what grandma believed but what did the apostles say you gotta go back and find out what their word was find out what their teaching was find out what their doctrine was and you gotta believe that and act on it yes, sir. Yes, sir. let me tell you something else Jesus said about our faith Mark 16 verse 16 he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Uh -huh. But he that believeth not shall be damned. How much time do I have? I got a little bit of time. I do this in Africa all the time, so I'm going to do it here today too. I want to just leave that scripture up for a moment. He that believeth, what's the next word? What is it? And. Yeah, I've said so many times words mean things. And so many times we fail to understand a verse of scripture because we skip over some little word. He that believeth what? And. He that believeth. And. He that believeth. And, and is baptized. Right. Right. Shall be saved. That's what the scripture says. I didn't make that up. Jesus said that. 
I know there's churches that teach you don't have to be baptized. I'm telling you what Jesus said. He that believeth and, not or, and is baptized shall be saved. This word and is pretty important. Now we're serving a big meal downstairs uh, in just a few minutes. A few is relative. A few minutes. We're going to have a big meal. Now, if I said that the only people that can go to the meal, if, if you're a man and you want to eat at this meal, you have to have on a coat and tie. Stand up, Kaiser. This poor guy, he's already starving to death. It's a nice tie. You ought to donate that to your pastor. I think it would match my suit. Probably. Probably would. All right, now, does he get to go to the meal? Why? He's got on a tie? Oh, no coat, no jacket. I said coat and tie. So you poor starving thing, you're going to have to keep starving. So he doesn't have on a jacket, so he doesn't get to go, right? No jacket, no coat. All right. Stand up, Andrew. Turn around. He's not starving. Oh, you are? I don't believe that. Don't lie in the house of God. Last people that happened to, they carried them out dead. So don't do that. Don't do that. That's the book of Acts. You read that. I don't think you're starving. You might be hungry, but you're not starving. Okay, all right. Now I'll agree with that. So, so we wouldn't let Kaiser go because he didn't have on a coat. Andrew's got on a coat. So does he get to go? Well, he's got on a coat. Oh, you see, the scripture says, uh, the scripture uses this word and, and I used the word and. I said coat and tie. The word and means you gotta have both. So he gets to go eat. Coat and, yeah, he's really excited about that. You're not starving either. No, you're not starving either. I'm not either. Listen to me, my whole point in this is the word and, the conjunction and means you've got to have both. You don't pick and choose which one. Oh, I believe, but I've never been baptized. No, no, no. You've got to believe and be baptized. That's what Jesus said. That's not my idea. That's the words of Jesus himself. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, Jesus put these parameters. In fact, Jesus said baptism is a part of the new birth. I'm telling you, you can ask people, what does it mean to be born again? And you'll get a lot of different ideas. And I don't know why that is, because Jesus himself defined what being born again is. He defined it in the scripture. Amen. John chapter 3 and and verse number uh, 3. Let's start there. John 3 and 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. All right, I don't know what translation we got there. That's, it's good, it's fine, but it's not what he's reading. So if we can find what he's reading, praise God. Jesus, there we go. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he what? Cannot. He what? Cannot. Jesus said he cannot. Now, I didn't set that parameter. Jesus did. Jesus said, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. It can't happen. Unless you're born again. So Nicodemus asked the question, verse 4. Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man, How be, can born a man be born when he is old? When he is old. Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? See, Nicodemus didn't understand what it meant to be born again. 
to Nicodemus, he'd only heard the term birth used in one way, and that was a natural birth. And so he says, you mean I got to have a natural birth a second time? How can that happen? So when Jesus responds, he's answering the question Nicodemus asked. Nicodemus said, how can I be born again? Right? That's the question. How can I be born again? So Jesus answered the question in verse 5. Jesus answered, verily, verily. Jesus answered, verily, verily. I say say unto thee, except except a man be born of water water and of of the the Spirit. Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He cannot. He cannot. This is what Jesus said. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God unless someone is born of water. That's being baptized and born of the spirit that's receiving the Holy Ghost he cannot enter oh friend I'm thankful that you believed I'm thankful for your profession I'm thankful that you've accepted Christ but I'm here to tell you you still have to be made whole you gotta be born of water and you've gotta be born of the spirit Now, I don't have time. I don't have time, but I feel all these questions coming up. And I don't have time to answer them. But I know someone says, what about the thief on the cross? And uh, I don't have time to go into all the questions that you might have. But let me just tell you this. The thief on the cross died before, before the plan of redemption had even been fulfilled. Jesus had to not only die, but die be buried and rise again. Read 1 Corinthians 15. Paul said that's the gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection. The thief on the cross died before that happened. The thief on the cross did not die in the church age. Moses didn't die in the church age. Moses didn't have to do what we have to do to be saved. But I believe he was saved. The thief died just like Moses did before the church began. So the thief didn't have to do what we have to do. This is the church age, my friend. And beginning at the church age, Jesus said, if you want to even see the kingdom of God, you're going to have to be born of water. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's for the church age. Jesus said, he said, our faith must be in accordance with scripture. And that if it is, it's going to result in a spiritual experience. Read for me John chapter 7, verses 38 and 39. I'm trying to hurry. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Yes. But this he spake of the spirit, which that they, they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. In verse 38, Jesus said, he that believes on me as the scripture hath said. We can't just make up our own way of believing. We got to believe the way the scripture tells us to believe. Well, hallelujah. And Jesus said, if you believe the way the scripture tells you to believe, you're going to have this experience. Amen. He was talking about the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. If you've really believed according to scripture, you should receive the Holy Ghost. Now, nobody could receive it when Jesus spoke that because the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified, which also confirms about the thief on the cross. At this moment, while Jesus was still alive, nobody could receive the Holy Ghost either. The thief not only wasn't baptized, he didn't receive the Holy Ghost, but nobody received the Holy Ghost until the church age was ushered in in Acts chapter 2. But I'm telling you, after that moment, the only way we're going to get into the kingdom of God, yes, we got to believe but we got to believe what the apostle said we got to believe and be baptized we've got to believe and receive the Holy Ghost in fact I really am trying to hurry I'm trying to hurry but when 
you receive the Holy Ghost, there will be a consistent sign proving that it's taken place. Read for me John chapter 3 and verse 8. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Isn't this an interesting verse of Scripture? Jesus said, amen, the wind blows where it wants to blow. He said, you don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it's going to. And he said, so is everybody that's born of the Spirit. Now, what's he trying to tell us? Well, there's one thing that is consistent about the wind. You may not know where it comes from, and you may not know where it's going to, but one thing is consistent. Thou hearest the sound thereof. There's a whole lot about the spirit, Jesus said, that we may not understand, but one thing we can be sure of, when somebody is born of the spirit, you're gonna hear a sound that lets you know that birth has taken place. I've said this many times, I've got three children, amen, nine grandchildren. I've been as close as I could get or as close as I wanted to get during the birth of every one of them, whether children or grandchildren. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm thankful, amen, when they start looking and ooing and on and counting fingers and toes and saying who they think it looks like. But there's one thing that I'm really waiting on, Brother Goff. All of that's wonderful, but I wanna hear that baby cry. I wanna hear a sound because until I've heard the sound I don't know if the baby's alive or if it's a stillborn I have no idea until I hear a sound it might look the part but without that sound I'm not sure that the baby's alive and I'm going to tell you Jesus said when you're born of the spirit when you're born of the spirit there's going to be a sound that's going to let you and everybody else know this baby's alive Oh, Jesus. You'll always hear the sound. You'll always, always hear the sound. So if you've only believed, I've got to skip through some of this. If you've only believed, you're like the nine lepers who received a touch. They'd been healed, but they'd never been made whole. Hallelujah. If you want to be made whole, you're gonna to have to go beyond faith and you're gonna to need to be baptized in water in Jesus' name and receive the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking in other tongues. I'll prove that when I come to a conclusion. Amen. Hallelujah. In just a little while. Amen. Let me show you some people in the scripture. Go with me for just a few more minutes here. Amen. Show you some people in the scripture. Hallelujah. Who, who had been healed, but they went on to be made whole. Acts chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. Then Philip went down to Philip the city went down of Samaria, to Samaria and preached Christ, preached unto, them, Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto accord, those they things gave which heed Philip spake. To what Philip preached. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Yes. For unclean spirits, unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with that them. That were cast out of them. And many were taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. Many people were healed. And there was great joy in that and city. And there was great joy in that city. Now they believed what Philip preached. They were believers. They had faith. In fact, they had so much faith, they're seeing demons cast out, miracles happen, and everybody's feeling joy. But I'm here to tell you, they were not made whole. They'd been healed, but they'd not been made whole. Let's keep reading, verse number 12. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women, Hallelujah, Acts 8 and 12. Praise God. When they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. They were baptized, both men and women. Here's what's happening, Brother Hilton. Amen. They'd gotten their first touch, but they came back to the master again. They said, we're not finished yet. We got some more that we want to receive from you. And so they were baptized in the name of Jesus. Let's keep reading verses 14 through 17. Now when they heard the apostles, which were at Jerusalem, 
heard that Samaria had received the word of God. Huh, they received the word of God. They sent unto them Peter and John. Peter and John went down. Who, when they were come they down, were come prayed down. for them. They prayed for them. That they might that receive they might the Holy receive Ghost. they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he for was fallen upon none of them. He was fallen on none of them. Only they, Only they were, were baptized in the name, in the name of, the Lord of the Lord Jesus. Then laid then they laid their hands, their on, hands them, on them and they and received, they received the, Holy Ghost. the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, they went beyond believing. They went beyond being healed. And they accepted everything God had for them. They were baptized in Jesus' name and they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Then and only then were they truly made whole. I turn your attention to Acts chapter 10. Acts 10 verses 1 through 6. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. Uh A centurion. A centurion of the band called the Italian band. Right. A devout man. And one that feared devout. God. He feared God with all his house. With all his house. Which gave much he alms gave to the much people. gave much alms to the people. And prayed to God and always. Prayed to God always. I, I, I was preaching from this passage. Had a community Thanksgiving service and had preachers of all kinds of denominations on the platform uh, in that service. This was many, many, many years ago. Uh, and uh, and I, 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 I read that verse. He was devout. He feared God with all his house and he gave much alms and he prayed always. And I turned to those preachers and I said, let's be honest. That was enough qualification that many preachers would have put him as the chairman of their deacon board. Hallelujah. But I'm here to tell you, this man was not made whole. And I'm gonna prove that from the scripture. He believed. He did a lot of good things, but he wasn't made whole. Let's keep reading. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God angel coming came into him, to him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he had Call looked him on him, when he looked at the angel, he was afraid uh-huh. and said, what is it, Lord? Yes. And he said unto him, thy prayers, prayers and thine alms, alms are come up for a memorial before God. Yes. Now send now men to Joppa. Send men to Joppa. Call for one Call Simon. Call for Simon. Whose surname is whose Peter. Whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with he one lodgeth Simon the Tanner. Simon the Tanner. His house is by the seaside. His house seaside. is by the seaside. Listen he to this. tell thee. And Peter is going to tell you what, what you to ought do. to do. It's good, Cornelius, that you've been healed but Peter's going to tell you how to be made whole it's good that you've made your profession of faith but Peter's going to tell you how to be saved you're on the right road we're not discounting what you've got Cornelius but what you've got is not enough and so Peter came to his house pick up with verse 44 and read while Peter yet, While spake, Peter these yet words, spake these words, the, the Holy, Holy Ghost fell, fell on, all, on them, all them which heard, which heard the, word. the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as, as many as came with Peter because, because that on the Gentiles, Gentiles also, also was poured out the gift of the Holy now Ghost. How did they know the Gentiles received the Holy Ghost? Read. For they heard because them speak they heard tongues. them speak with tongues. And they heard the sign. They heard the sound. They spoke with tongues. Amen. And that let the Jews know these Gentiles have been born of the Spirit. But we're still not finished. Read. Then answered Peter, then answered Peter can any man can forbid any man water forbid that these should not be baptized? Should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. And he commanded them to be baptized. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they, they him to tarry certain days. I don't know if anybody's noticed, but there's not one passage of scripture anywhere where anyone ever got baptized saying Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's another lesson for another day, but it's not in the Bible. It didn't happen. But everywhere that they were baptized, they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. He commanded them. You see, Cornelius had been healed, but Peter said, that's not enough. We want you to be made whole. We want you to experience everything that you need from God. And so he was baptized in Jesus' name and he received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Amen. Acts chapter 19. This is my last one. Acts 19, uh, the last example. Acts 19 verses 1 and 2. Read. 
And it came to pass came that to pass. while Apollos was Paul at Corinth. Was, uh, Apollos was at Corinth. Paul, having, Paul passed, having through the upper passed coast, through the upper coast, came, came to, Ephesus, to Ephesus and finding, finding certain, certain disciples. disciples. He, said unto, he them, said unto them, have you received, have the, Holy you Ghost? received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Now listen, they had believed. They'd been healed. They had believed. But like so many believers, listen to what they said to Paul. And they said unto him, "They said to him, We have not so much we as heard, not even heard, whether there be whether any Holy there Ghost. be any Holy Ghost. We are believers, but we've never received the Holy Ghost. We didn't even know we could receive it. Right. Nobody's preached that to us. They preach believe, but they didn't preach anything beyond belief. And so then Paul had another question for them. Read." And he said unto them, he said unto, them unto what then unto were ye baptized? Were you baptized? And they said and unto they John's said, baptism. We've been baptized by John the Baptist. Then said Paul, John verily baptized said, with the baptism of repentance. He's baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying, saying unto, the people, unto the people that, that they, they should, should believe, believe on him, him which, which should come, come after him. him. That, is that is on, on Christ, Christ Jesus. Jesus. When now, they heard this. Now they'd already been baptized once, but when they heard what Paul had to say, read. When they, when heard, they heard this, this they, were baptized they were baptized in the name again. of the Lord Jesus. This time, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm here to tell you today, you may have been baptized in the past, but if it wasn't in the name of Jesus, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. It's the only biblical way that it was ever done. were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6. And when, and when Paul, Paul had laid, laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they, they spake with tongues with and prophesied. And prophesied. I'm going to tell you what's going on. Here's a group of believers who had been healed, but Paul found them and said, let me take you a little farther here. Let me see to it that you're not just cured of your leprosy. Let me see to it that you got everything restored that you've been missing. That's what I'm preaching to this congregation. I'm not discounting your experience with God. I'm just saying, why would you stop with just a curing? Why would you stop with just a healing when God has got so much more for you? All right, I gotta hurry to a close. Amen. Where's my organist here? Praise God, hallelujah. Amen. Are you healed or are you whole? Have you only received a touch from God or have you received everything God wants you to have? Now again, I'm thankful for everyone who's accepted Christ. But if that's all they've done, they're not yet whole. I'm thankful for everyone that's made a profession of faith. But if that's all they've done, they're not yet whole. I'm thankful for everyone who has believed on the Lord. But I'm going to tell you if that's all that you've done, you're not yet whole. You're not yet whole. Don't stop with just being healed. It's time for you to come back to the master today and let him make you whole. How does that happen? Well, I've already explained it to you, but let me give you the final proof that I promised you. On the day of Pentecost, when the church was born, there's a group of sinners asking that very question. In Acts chapter two, verse 37, read. Now when they heard, when this, they heard this, they were pricked in, they their were heart pricked in their heart and said unto they Peter, said to and, Peter to the rest of the and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, men and brethren what, shall, what we do? shall we do? What shall we do? You know, uh, we went down this past week to Branson and uh, we went to see Jesus. That's the name of a play. Uh, and in the play, the very end, they have the day of Pentecost. They're depicting, and they've got the crowd asking Peter what to do. And Peter tells them to accept the Lord as their personal Savior. You're not going to find that in the Bible. 
That's not what the Bible says. They asked Peter specifically, what shall we do? We're sinners. Now they believed, these were Jews, they were devout Jews. They believed everything they knew. They were doing everything they knew. But they weren't satisfied with where they were. And they said to Peter, tell us how to be made whole. Verse 38 and 39, Peter gives the correct answer. And it's not accept the Lord as your Savior. Start reading then Peter, then said, Peter unto them, said unto them, repent, repent and, be baptized, and be baptized, every one of you, every one of you in the name, in of, the Jesus name Christ, of Jesus Christ, for the remission, for of, the sins. remission of sins, and you shall and receive, the, shall gift receive of the, Holy the Ghost. gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise, for the promise is, unto you, is unto you, and to your children, and to, your children, and to, all, that and to all that are afar off, even as even many as, as the Lord as our God shall call. The question was, how can we be made whole? And the answer was, repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, and receive the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you, the question hasn't changed in this last 2,000 years. You're still here today, or you're listening online, and you want to know, how can I go from being healed to being fully whole? Well, the question hasn't changed, and neither has the answer. The answer is still the same. Repent of your sin. Be baptized in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus, and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Don't stop with a touch from God. Don't be satisfied to just be healed. He's giving you the opportunity today to be made whole. Let's stand today. Lift our hands to the Lord. Let's talk to him together right now. Hallelujah. Come on, let's talk to the Lord. Church, would you help me right now? Help me, church. Help me, church. Come on, we got to pray. We got to pray. There are people listening online. There are people in this congregation. Perhaps you've been healed. You recognize today you've had a touch from God. But you want something more. These altars are open right now. If you're here and you want to get more from God than what you have, I'm going to tell you, the opportunity is yours. You can be made whole. You say, I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy. Neither was the Samaritan. Of all the ten that were there, he was the least worthy. But he's the only one that was willing to get more than what he had. Too many, too many are content with just that initial touch, with just that cleansing, with just that healing. Too many are satisfied to just have their belief or their profession or their acceptance and that's all they want. But I'm here to tell you, if you want more than that, God wants to give it to you today. God wants to do more for you. Amen. Today, he wants to take you from being healed to being made whole. Let's pray, church. Let's pray. Let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. Come on, let's reach out to the Lord. Let's reach out to the Lord. Is there anybody here? Anybody here? You don't have the gift of the Holy Ghost. You've never received that glorious gift. You want God to give it to you. You can have it today before we dismiss this service. You can have it today. God wants to give it to you. He wants everybody to be made whole. He would have made all 10 of those lepers whole if they would have only come back. Don't be satisfied with just a touch. Don't be satisfied with just a touch. 
you can be made whole today maybe you've never been baptized in Jesus name we're getting ready to baptize a young man in Jesus name today and if you've never been baptized the opportunity is yours you can get baptized today amen let's go on in this journey let's not stop with just a touch let's not stop with just a healing but let's press on and get everything God has for us why would anyone not want something more from God? I'm telling you, I've been serving Him. I've been serving Him for nearly 50 years. But I still want more and more from Him. I want more of an experience with Him. I want to draw closer to Him. I want to know Him like I've never known Him. Oh, hallelujah. Is there anybody here today? Anybody here today that wants to receive the Holy Ghost? Or you want to be baptized in Jesus' name? Don't stop. Don't stop with just being healed. Let the Lord make you whole today. Let Him make you whole today. Hallelujah. Come on, church, let's pray right now. Let's pray right now.